With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Redeemer. One thing the Lord immediately has in my spirit 
And God says, ask my people, Robert, how many of them knew or know that church worship was not originally set up on an every Sunday or an every weekly basis? How many of my people know this? Because, you know, some of us have gotten so used to going to church on Sunday or going to church one day out of the week that many of us think that's the way it was originally when the church first came into a bit into existence. But the Lord is saying, no, Robert, let my people know the church was not originally set up on a weekly basis. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, the Bible says that this is when the church first came into, into being. In Acts chapter 2, before Acts chapter 2 in the Bible, there was no church. Jesus lived, uh, he was born under the law, he lived under the law, he died under the law, he rose again from the dead under the law. But when he sent the Holy Spirit in Acts the chapter 2, that is when the church age began. You and me, child of God, we are members not of the Old Testament law, not of the the old dispensation, but you and I are members of the church age. And in the church age, Jesus had the law, had the, the church set up with the saints meeting every day. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Every day, and I'm sharing this with you out of memory here, every day they continued to meet together in the temple so for those of you that wonder, Apostle, why are you preaching and teaching like this every day and why are you? Because that's the way the church was set up. The better question is why are you just going to church one day out of the week? Because that's not how the church was set up. So children of God, let us examine, let us study the scriptures so we will know how God originally set things up. Those saints met every day, the Bible says, they continued to meet together in the temple court. And much grace was upon them all. You know, we don't eat once a week. We don't breathe once a week. We don't uh, go to our jobs unless, you know, you are, uh, you know, are having some problems on a job. But we don't go to our jobs normally once a week. We try to do it, things that are really good to us and things that are really uh, beneficial to us, we try to do these things as often as possible. My prayer for you, child of God, is that uh, you will get as much word, as much fellowship, as much of the things that are pleasing to God as you possibly can. Because here's the thing, and, and God is bringing this to my spirit now. The more we please God as his children, the more God will please us as our father. Is anybody writing in here today? Let me say that again. The more we please God as his children, because that's what we are. We are God's children. He's our heavenly father. The more God will please us as our heavenly father. So I encourage you, child of God, Please, God, do as much as you can 
to please God. A good child, let's say you got a good son or a good daughter or a good student. I was a school teacher for many years. I see one of my former students in here with it. Well, when my classes pleased me, and I'll use that as an example, then I would be doing all kind of things to try to, to please them. You know, maybe we'll have a pizza party or maybe we'll go to the gym for some extra time or maybe we'll have some. When those who are uh, under us or those who are under you work hard to try to please you, then you will work hard to try and please them. Well, God does the same thing. When we are working hard to please him, to make him happy, then he begins working hard to please us or to make us happy. The Bible says that if you delight yourself, come on, somebody, in the Lord. If you delight yourself, you got to delight yourself in the Lord, in the things of the Lord. In the, you got to make yourself enjoy the things that God enjoys. See, God is not some distant smoke or some, he is our heavenly father. And a good child know what his parents like or her parents like, a good child. Good child know that mommy like macaroni and cheese. Let me make some macaroni and cheese or know that mommy like, like blue. Let me see if I can get mommy a blue dress. A good child knows what the parent likes and works to do those things as children of God. Let us find out what God likes, and then we can strive to do those things. Because I, I encourage you, my brother and my sister, as you put a smile on God's face, he'll put a bigger smile on your face. As you make God happy, he'll make you happy. Praise the living God. Um, we want to take a look at something the Lord had placed on my spirit a little earlier a little bit earlier um, today as I was doing my exercises and, and trying to recover from some health challenges that I'm experiencing. And the Lord began dealing with me about how that with this health situation that I'm dealing with, in essence, what I have to do is I have to go back and relearn many things that I knew how to do. Now, that's a little difficult at, at, at 53 years old because you're going back and learning stuff that you've been doing for the last 50 years, and now you've got to relearn it. But God is saying, in, in essence, that is exactly what I have to do in order to be restored. Well, what we have to do now that we are born again, now that we are children of God, is we have to relearn things that we've been doing. Because there's a good chance that even though we've been doing them for a long time or we were doing them before we were saved, there's a good chance that we were doing them wrong. We have to relearn many things and, and that, that we have been doing and learn how to now do it uh, the way the Lord would have us to do it. Um, we're going to take a look today at the book of Philippians. 
chapter two with a very special focus on verse 12. Philippians chapter two with a very special focus on verse 12. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Paul said to the saints in Philippi, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. This is, it. This is what we want to focus on, children of God. Paul said, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to work on a theme today. Work it out. Work it out. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you today, Heavenly Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. We thank you for life, for health, and for strength. We pray, Heavenly Father, as your people have gathered from various countries, various nations, various kindreds, various tongues, to hear your word this morning, we pray that you will bless us with our daily bread. We ask that you give us this day our daily bread. We're trusting, Father, you are going to bless us with some rhema, fresh bread from heaven this morning. Some rhema, some truth from you that will uplift, encourage, inspire your people, that we may know and understand your good, pleasing, and perfect will even better. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, which we have committed against you in either thought, word, or deed. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will lead us, guide us, that you will speak in our midst today. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Say what you want to say. You know what each one of us needs. Pray, Father, that we are sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your leadership, that we may say what needs to be said, do what needs to be done in order for us to have what you desire for us to have. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. Let God's people say amen. Amen. And amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, down verse 18, deal with one of the things that can spoil your walk with God, your spoil your relationship with God. My prayer for each one of you under the sound of my voice is that nothing will spoil. Come on, somebody. 
your walk with God. Nothing will spoil your relationship with God. It's a bad thing for things to get spoiled. How many of you have ever bought a gallon of milk or bought some cheese or bought some other food that is very good when it is fresh, but very bad when it gets spoiled. Well, that is much how our relationship with God is. When it is very good, when it is fresh, it is very good. But if it gets spoiled, it can become and will become very bad. May no one, nothing, nobody spoil your relationship or your walk with God. Paul talks about one thing that can spoil your relationship or your walk with God. And he encourages every one of us as his children not to do it. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, don't do this here. Don't do this. Don't do this. This can mess things up for you. This can cause you to miss out on your promised land. This can cause you to miss out on your Boaz. This can cause you to miss out on every good and perfect gift that God has ordained for you and I since before the foundations of the earth, this can cause us to miss it. Bible says that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, that we are to do everything without grumbling and arguing. Those of you under the sound of my voice that are wondering what can mess up my walk with God, what can mess up my relationship, what can mess grumbling and arguing. Grumbling is basically complaining, like under your breath. Oh, man, what in the world God telling us to do all grumbling, arguing. No, I'm I'm not going to do it. Somebody telling you to do something, you telling them, no, I, I'm not going to do it. Complaining. Nichelle, Nichelle is written up here, stop complaining. Bible says, tells, tells us that, 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 that we're not supposed to be complaining about anything. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have some situations in our life, in our marriages, in our finances, in our health that uh, we don't like. But God says, don't complain. The way, one of the ways that we can um, counteract the spirit of complaining is with the spirit of thanksgiving. In other words, the next time that you or I feel it is necessary to complain, let's try to focus in on what we should be, what we could be giving thanks for. Because just as certain as there are things that we can complain about in our lives, there are many more things that we can give thanks about. We want to complain that we got a headache, we ought to give thanks that we have a head. We want to complain that our children are not behaving right, we ought to give thanks that we have children. Some people are unable to have children. Whatever situation you or I find in, in our life, that we can complain about. And there are many, 
now. So there I be I be struggling with some things every day. There's just there's just as many, if not more, situations we can give thanks about. I encourage you, child of God, let us give thanks. The Bible tells us let us give thanks in every situation, in every circumstance. Let us give thanks. Complaining, grumbling can mess up your walk with God. And God said, Robert, many of uh, my children, God said, they're my children, did not make it into the promised land because of these two things, arguing and grumbling or complaining. God says I had to kill many of them in the wilderness. Robert, after I brought them out of Egypt, in other words, after I had a plan for a real good thing for them, God says I had to kill them. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is God don't have to kill us. My prayer for me too, even after he has something real good planned for us. God said I had something real good planned for my children, a land robber that was flowing with milk and honey. God said that was my plan for my people, but they kept arguing. They kept complaining. They kept grumbling against my servant, against me, against my will. God said, I had no no other choice, Robert. I had to kill many of them in the wilderness. My prayer for you, child of God, under the sound of my voice, God don't have to kill you in the wilderness. The wilderness is symbolic of right before you get to what God has for you. God has great things in store for me and for you. What we got to do is behave and act in such a way, act right, so that we can get so that we can get it. God said, I got good stuff for you, Robert, but you better act right now or you won't get none of it. I'll kill you in your wilderness. My prayer, my prayer, my heart for a prayer, my brother and my sister, God doesn't have to kill us. In our wilderness, you got three, basically three places in life. You got your Egypt, you got your wilderness, you got your promised land. Your Egypt represents the difficulties or the hardships that you had to go through, you know, at one stage in your life. We've all got an Egypt. God has got an Egypt for every one of us. Represents some hardships, some tough times. Then our wilderness represents the place of preparation. God has a place of preparation for you and for me. That's why, you know, the wilderness was tough too. Now, Egypt was tough, but so was the wilderness. But the difference between the the wilderness and um, Egypt was that the wilderness was preparation for the promised land. God has a wilderness for you and for me because he is preparing us for our promised land. Our promised land represents what God wants us to have, where God wants us to be, the job that God wants us to work on, the husband or the wife that God wants us to have, the family situation that God wants us to be in. The, the, The promised land represents God's 
perfect will for our lives. So the uh, Egypt represents God's permissive will. He, he'll let us go through it. And it's not pretty, but it's not really what he wants us to go through. Promised land is the perfect will of God. God's got a perfect will, a perfect desire for you, perfect desire for me. But we got to act right. What was it that separated many of the Israelites from getting into the promised land? They didn't act right. They did not act right. May, may you not miss any of your blessings because you won't act right. May I not miss any of my blessings. What? Because I won't act right. Let us behave well. Let us do the things that are pleasing in the eyesight of God. My spirit is going because I keep seeing uh, one of my former students in here with me. And, and I think about when I, was, when I was teaching school 30 years ago. And how, you know, there were students, some of them, they got to stay in the class. You know, the ones that act right. But the ones that maybe want to continue talking with their friends or not work on the lesson or not do the things that they were supposed to do during class, sometimes they would get sent to the office with a pink slip. May you not get a pink slip in your walk, in your relationship with God. May you and I be able to stay in the class and be able to get the benefits and the blessings that God has for you. Because God said, I got blessings for my children, Robert. I got blessings, but they got to follow my word. The bless God said, Robert, tell my people for me. Do, do this for me. My blessings come on the other side of obedience to my word. Did you, did you all get that? I can't I, I don't I can't I don't know if we're broadcasting. Our blessings. Praise God. They there it is. That's it. Uh, uh, Sister Michelle. Okay, they always come on the other side of our obedience to God. You look through the scripture, children of God. At the various miracles, let's say, that Jesus worked. Turn water into come on somebody. Wine. Raised Lazarus from the dead, healed the sick, gave sight to the blind. All these wonderful miracles that our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ worked throughout the scriptures from, from you know, throughout the scriptures. And God said, that's right, Robert, because Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus and what he has done. And some of y'all are saying, well, Jesus wasn't around in, in the Old Testament, yes, he was, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's just that Jesus wasn't in, then wasn't in a physical form like he took 2,000 years ago. He was the Word of God. In Genesis, when God said, let there be light, and there was light, there was Jesus. Jesus was the spoken Word of God. So from Genesis to Revelation, you see Jesus at work. He just took on a different form about 2,000 years ago. The word became flesh and what? Dwelt among us. The word became flesh. The word has the ability to become something very different than what it started out. And see, what you and I want is we want the word to become something very different 
in our lives. We don't just want to read about a good marriage. We don't want to just read about a good church. We don't want to just read about financial blessings and prosperity. We want the word to become we want the word to become a reality in our lives. So we're not just reading it on 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 paper, but the word has become And my prayer for you, child of God, is that the word will what? Become in your life. We don't want to read about salvation and then end up in hell. Come on now, where's the where's the fun in that? Where's the sense in that? No, we want the word to become, we want salvation to come off the page and become a reality. Come on, somebody, in our life. I remember, I remember once, and the Lord is bringing this to my spirit. Years ago, the Lord spoke in my spirit, and he said, Robert, God said, I'm not going to judge you for anything that Paul did on his missionary tour. I was like, what? God said, I'm not going to judge you for anything Paul did on his missionary tour. God said, but I am going to judge you for what you do on your missionary tour. We want the word to become a reality in our life. We don't want to just read about good health. You know, we don't want to just read about exercise. We don't just want to read about prospecting. No, no, no. We want these things to be realities in our lives. My prayer for you, my brother and my sister, is that the word of God, the blessings of God, will become a reality in each one of your lives. My, my, my spirit is going to one of the saints that has joined us, and God bless her, um, one evangelist that, that we've been working with for years. I remember years ago... Um, she is she is now uh doing great things. God is using her mightily here in the in the United States. But I remember when she was living in Nigeria and she came to me, I was staying in Nigeria with her and her family, and she had come to me, she said, Apostle, the Lord is leading me to come to the United States, to live in the United States. I said, Well, woman, she said, The Lord is I feel the Lord leading me to live and to come to the United States. I said, well, I said, well, woman of God, I said, you, you married now. I said, now we got to talk with bro about this. And we had talked, of course, spoke with her husband. And he said, apostle, you know, I trust you completely. And I said, all right, man of God. I said, because she's, you know, you, you two are one and we need to, we need to be in agreement on, on this. And the woman of God came and stayed with us for some time here. And of course, God opened some other doors for her in different places. But, you know, that vision that she had in her mind, she had to be, what we say we're talking about, what's the topic? Work it out. She worked it out until it became a, what? A reality. Understand, child of God, whatever vision you may have, for your marriage, for your ministry, for your 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 uh, finances, for whatever the vision is, there's a there's a certain amount of work that must be done. We got to work it out. It's not going to just become. 
we got to work it out. You know, and as I shared with you all, the Lord gave me this message as I was doing my exercises and walking around and having to basically learn how to walk again. Now, here I am, 50-some years old, and I'm learning, having to relearn. God said, you got to work it out, Robert. you got to relearn things that you already knew how to do, but you've got to work it out. And in order for me to get back and to be able to do the things that I could once do, I had to work out, and I'm having to work out these things. You and I have to work out our salvation. We must work it out. You know, it's not, I remember I used to pray to the Lord, Lord, anything that's in me that's not like you, I want you to take it out. That's nonsense prayer. The Bible says that we're to put to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature. God said, I'm not going to do that for you. One of the things that what? We picked it up. God, God didn't give it to us. Anything in us that's not like him, God didn't give it to us. So we got we to gotta put it down. A lot of things we're asking God to do, to do for us or to do to us or to do through us. And God is saying, uh-uh, you got to do that. Uh-oh. Michelle uh, said, uh-oh. We asking God, Lord, I want you to do this. Lord, I want you to Lord say, uh-uh, you do it. So I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister, let us get to work. God God said, yeah, yeah, we we smoking cigarettes just as hard as we can, praying, asking the Lord, asking the Lord, take this this taste for cigarettes out of my mouth. God said, I didn't give you the taste for cigarettes. I I want to say, say you weren't born with a cigarette in your mouth. So we you know, we've got to work it out. Work it out. And in fact, the Lord is bringing to my spirit. In fact, we had one young man that had just recently graduated from the high school I used to work at. When I, my principal at the high school that I used to work at uh, came, we got a new principal. I had had a principal for 15, 16 years. He knew what I was about. He knew how I was. He, you know, but we got a new principal who waited until, you know, he was really trying to catch me in some foolishness, waited until the last two days of school to come and do a, what's it called? Evaluation on my class. You know, and that's normal when the students are acting as wild and as crazy as they possibly can. That's what he was trying to catch. You know, and I just want to encourage you, child of God, don't worry about your enemies. God will, God will, will frustrate your enemies. But he was trying to come and catch my class out of control the last couple of days of school. Well, little did he know that my boys waited until the last two days of school to be on their best behavior. He came in, sat down, and was watching over my class, supposed to be watching my kids, supposed to see them acting crazy and and being unruly and being undisciplined. My kids came out of the locker room, didn't say a word. Broke off into five lines, didn't say a word. Started the exercises, everybody exercised together, nobody said a word. Started the stretches, started the push-ups, started the sit-ups, and then broke off, and we all ran. Even me included, ran one mile and a half. And I saw the eyes of the principal because he was amazed. Like, what kind of class is this? I know he had never seen nothing like it, and when he left, I remember asking my boys, I said, so y'all going to wait right till my principal come in here to put on 
the best behavior like this. They said, Coach B, that was for you, baby. That was, I was like, you catch. When I gave them some free time and we had some kind But the way they uh, operated in a way that made me so proud, my prayer for you, child of God, is that we will operate in a way that makes God so proud. God wants to be proud of us. You know, when he sees us obedient, when he sees us uh, doing what he has asked us to do diligently, seeking his face and trying to do the things that are pleasing in his sight, it puts a smile on God's face. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you will put a smile on God's face because he will surely put one on your face. But work it out. But at this at this high school that I used to work at, after the principal saw this, he called me in his office. He said, Mr. Bryan, you will no longer be teaching health and physical education at North Lenoir High School. I said, okay. He said, Mr. Bryan, you will be in charge of discipline for the whole school. Basically what he saw, he saw the discipline and the order in the class. He said, Mr. Bryan, you're going to be in charge of discipline for the whole school. And they moved me into what was called, used to be called, chill out for years. This is what they did with students that were having discipline problems. They put them in a place called chill out. Soon as the first thing the Lord placed in my spirit, and we're not chilling in here. Let's call it, call it work out. We changed it. I said, I'm going to need to meet with every teacher in the school and let them know what my my, my program is going to be. He said, no problem, Mr. Bryan. Had him call a meeting with every teacher in the school. Let the teachers know the name, the name of it was no longer chill out. It was now work out. And to this day, it is called what? Work out. Work out. Where the students go that are having discipline problems. Well, that's it. I'm a firm believer. We got to work it out. Our salvation, we got to work it out. Our marriages, we got to work them out. Our, 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 our walks with God, we got to work. We got to work. We got to work it out. Paul said in, in, in Philippians chapter 2 and 12, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Paul said, I'm not, I'm not talking to a hard head or disobedient people here. You have always obeyed. said, not as in my presence only. Now, now this is when you really, you really start understanding obedience. Because when the pastor's there, you want to obey. But when the pastor's gone, you want to do something different. Or when your parents are there, you want to obey. But when your parents are gone, you want to do something different. Or when you, Paul said, "Look, you Philippians, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence." See, that's when that's when people really understand obedience. When they can do it in your absence. I mentioned my students earlier. Sometimes I'd get to class late. The students would be standing in a straight line outside. All the other students walking up and down the hall, keeping noise, playing around. My students would be standing in a straight line, quiet. I'm not even there. I'm not even there. Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. These are individuals that really understand obedience. 
when you can do it not only in the present, but in the absence of the authority figure. We want to, we, 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 we're not just obeying God just because somebody's looking, because we understand that, we, that, that God is always looking, that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We understand, children of God, I hope you understand that it, there's never a time when we're alone. Even Jesus said, lo, I'll be with you, what? Always, even unto the end of the earth. We are never alone. Don't don't think. Don't ever think that we're alone. So Paul was pleased with the Philippians because they understood obedience. That obedience is not just something when when the individual that you think is in power is watching you. Obedience is something to be done, period. Then you don't have to worry. I, I know that I, when I'm driving a car, I don't have to worry about where the state troopers are. They're driving the speed limit. But if I'm on a speed and go 85 and a 55, now I want to know where's the law? Is the law looking? Who? What, who, what is that car there? Is that the police? Yeah, that, that. Just drive the speed limit. Do what you're supposed to do. Then you don't have to be looking around. You don't have to be worried about the one that's in authority. <laughs> Praise God. Paul said, y'all, y'all understand obedience. You understand obedience, not just in my presence, but even with me going, you understand. Even much more in my absence. And Paul said, now let me top it all off. And we're about to close, children of God. Work out your own salvation. See, the mistakes some of us make, we're trying to work out our husband's salvation. We're trying to work out our wife's salvation. We're trying to work out our children's salvation. We're trying to work out our parents' salvation. And Paul said, what? Work out your own salvation. The only soul you're going to give an account for on the day of judgment is going to be yours, not your wife, not your husband, not your daughter, not your son, not your mama, not your da- Just make sure that you're listening to God. I want to encourage you, child of God. Let us make sure. That we listening to God. We guess all we're responsible for ultimately at the end of the day. Work out your own salvation. Watch this. With fear and trembling. I want to encourage you today, child of God. Work it out. Work it out. God has equipped you and me with his Holy Spirit. Anything that we are faced with in these lives, the Holy Spirit can work it out. That situation you're going through in your marriage, with the Holy Spirit as a child of God, you can work it out. The situation you're going through on your job, with the Holy Spirit, you can work it out. That situation that's going on in your church, I know just about every day pastors contact me about different things and and because we got churches all around the world so many so many church pastors contacting me problem i said pastor bishop work it out work it out god has given us the ability the capability to work it out there is nothing 
with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says I can do all what? Things through Jesus Christ, which strengthens me. God has given us the capability to work it out. I see another one of my former students and one of my athletes that has just come in and joined us. God bless you, Duan. Good to see you again. So I want to encourage you, child of God, let us work out our salvation. Why salvation? Now, the scripture, Paul said, look, work out your own salvation. Why? Because salvation needs to be the most important thing to you. I know some of you are proud of your children. You, you, you got a good job. You, I, listen, salvation needs to be the most important thing in your life. Everything else, everybody else come behind. What? Salvation. Husband, it's all right to love him. Let him come after your salvation. Wife, it's all right to love her, but let her come after your salvation. Children, good to love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let them come after your salvation. Work out your own salvation. Because, see, if you get your salvation right, listen to me. One of the saints is preaching for me. Somebody going to help me preach in here. If you get your salvation right, child of God, everything else, what? Falls in place. Now, God bless you, children of God. I, I want to get dressed. I've been 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 caught up in the in the house for about the last four or five days with this storm that we have been experiencing. I want to get out and see what I can see, and I pray that uh, you have been blessed at the preaching and teaching of God's words. Uh, for those of you that came in late, I encourage you to to go back and to listen to this message, I'm sure that God uh, has said something that will be a blessing to you. And uh, I encourage you once again, work out your salvation. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to be important. On the day of judgment, that's the only thing that you're going to want to make sure you have is salvation. You ain't going to care about that new car you done bought. You're not going to care about that job you done, you've been out there trying to get. You're not going to care about them new clothes that you just picked up on sale. At, I know you're not going to. On the day of judgment, the only thing that you and I are going to want to make sure that we have is what? Salvation. God bless you, my beautiful brothers and sisters. May heaven smile on you. I, I um Thank the Lord willing. We, we we had some programs scheduled in Nigeria, 10 state programs. Pastors are putting a little pressure on us to, to come on down for those. Uh, we'll see how much longer we'll be here in the United States. But while we are here, we are going to uh, preach, teach while we can. May God bless. Each of you again, heaven smile on you. We'll see you a little bit later on. Give us a song, please. Victory is mine. Victory to 
Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristiancenterchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at https colon forward slash forward slash t-h-a-d-f-g dot wixsite dot com forward slash t-c-c-c-w-w. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile at you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.